Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 6 The Cabin Boy's Secret by E.M. Clark. Read by Lexi. Chapter 7 Escape by Sea As Anna's news hit them, Hector and Zelly stared at the little parrot in horror. Nem is going to give us up for a reward, repeated Hector. How could he? I knew we were right to trust our instincts about him, Zelly said. Well done, Anna. We'd better talk to Danilo straight away. I think he's in the courtyard smoking, replied Hector. The two of them slipped down to talk to him and explained what Anna had seen. Danilo looked shocked when it was revealed that his brother-in-law had done this, but he turned his mind to practical matters. That settles it, he declared. We must all go. Zelly and Hector nodded, feeling relieved. Whatever challenges were ahead, it was better to face them, rather than stay in this house waiting to be captured. I'll arrange everything, Danilo continued, keeping his voice low. You two go to bed. I'll say you're tired after your long journey. The two children nodded. I'll wake you early and you can hide in the car I've borrowed. We can put pillows in our beds after we get up so it'll look like we're still asleep if anyone looks in on us, said Zelly. Good idea. It'll give us a few hours start. Gordius will come with us. With a final nod, Zelly and Hector went straight to bed. They did not undress, but stayed fully clothed under the sheets ready to set off as soon as Danilo woke them. He did. It was so early it was still dark, and the plan was set into motion. Zelly and Hector put pillows in their beds and crept out of the house in silence. Without a word, they climbed into the cart Danilo had waiting for them, Gordius holding the horses beside him. It was hot and stuffy in the cart, as Danilo had covered the children with huge fronds of date palm to hide them. He would pretend he and his brother were traders, leaving the city to sell the dates elsewhere if anyone asked where they were going. As the cart rumbled through the narrow streets, Hector and Zelly peered through the cracks in the sides of the cart. They were very hot and very nervous. If anyone lifted the palm fronds, they would be spotted immediately. Fortunately, the guards at the gates of Stonetown were far less interested in those leaving than those coming in and they were waved past by a lazy-looking soldier. Safely through the gates and into the desert once more, they breathed sighs of relief. I never thought I'd be glad to be back in the desert, thought Zelly wryly. The horses plodded steadily on through the sandy landscape. Once they had passed out of sight of Stonetown, Danilo pulled the palm fronds away so Zelly and Hector could get some fresh air. Well, as fresh as air was possible to be in the middle of the desert... The view was beautiful, if barren, in the dawn light, which turned the rolling dune shades of pink as the sun climbed higher in the blue sky. I think we should send Anna back to see what's happening, said Zelly after a while. No, Miss Zelly, said Danilo urgently. She'll be seen. We can't risk it. Don't worry, she'll be obscured, said Zelly with a grin. Fairy fee, fairy fee. Grant Anna invisibility. Thank goodness I spent all that time working to perfect that spell, thought Zelly. Being able to make things invisible was very handy. 
Anna duly reported back that they had not been missed yet, but added that she still felt worried. I sense a bad aura, she cheeped. I agree, said Gordius grimly. We must make all possible speed to Hookhead. It's the nearest port, and there we can get a passage on a ship to Frenchtown. The route to Hookhead was flat, and soon scrubby plants appeared, though they were not like any Zelly and Hector had seen before. They're called cacti, and they grow where there's very little water, explained Gordius. They store water themselves. That's why their leaves are so thick. That's clever of them, remarked Zelly, though they look very unfriendly. And indeed they did. Their vicious spikes deterred any of them from reaching out to touch them, though some had beautiful flowers at the ends of the spikes. Remember not to touch them, said Gordius. The spikes are poisonous, and they hurt if you get caught in your skin. It will swell up and make you feel ill. The children nodded. There were so many things in this desert that could hurt you, they thought. On and on they traipsed, the sun burning the back of their necks, even through the thick fabric of their cloaks. Just as Zelly was feeling they would never escape the endless sand, in the distance they finally glimpsed the sea. Thank goodness, Zelly cried, feeling hope rise within her. I didn't realise how much I missed the sea. Me too, said Hector, who looked very relieved. He had spent his whole life so far at sea, and it was where he felt at home. Sniffing the salty tang in the air, he felt he could finally breathe again. Hookhead was a small port. Most of the ships looked scruffy and disreputable, and so did the buildings. It felt like everything was falling into disrepair and needed a new lick of paint. Wait here, said Danilo when they reached the outskirts. I'll go and find us a passage across the sea. I think I should make us invisible, said Zelly. Hector nodded. Fairy fee, fairy fee, grant us invisibility, Zelly chanted. All at once, they vanished. That obscuring trick really is extraordinary, commented Gordius with a chuckle. It's a good job you have it. Now stay quiet, we'll be back as soon as we can, said Danilo, feeling a bit odd talking to what appeared to be a cart of date palm fronds. The two men left and Hector and Zelly tried to make themselves more comfortable. This is not a good place, said Hector in a low voice. I've been here before. It's the first anchorage after the Great Line, so we used to dock here quite regularly in the Golden Ram. But Captain Jet never liked it. There are too many pirates and untrustworthy sailors for his liking. And for mine, he added. Yes, it looks like drunken sailor territory, remarked Zelly, peeping over the rim of the cart. Exactly. No one was allowed to disembark at night when we were here. Captain's orders. And we never stayed longer than we had to. Danilo and Gordius had gone to a nearby pub called the Shark's Tooth. They were looking for someone they knew and were rewarded by the sight of one of their acquaintance. Peg leg Jack, Danilo said with pleasure, shaking the hand of the old sailor with a wooden leg who was nursing a pint at the bar. Where are you sailing? To French town on the next tide, the weather-beaten old sailor replied. This was good news for Danilo and Gordius. Will the captain take passengers, do you think? Gordius asked, passing Jack another foaming tankard. If you have enough gold, Pegleg Jack replied with a leer, taking a huge gulp of the beer and smacking his lips with pleasure. 
Oh, we have enough gold, Danilo reassured him. We'll meet you on the dock. Suit yourselves, shrugged Jack, turning to his beer once more. Uh, brother, muttered Gordius as they left the pub. We don't have any gold. Not yet, replied Danilo with a grin. But we will do when we sell the horses. Chuckling, the two brothers went back and found Zelly and Hector safe and well, observing the town. Right, all is settled, muttered Danilo to them, but we must sell the horses to get enough gold to pay for the trip. Hector and Zelly nodded. It's sad to see them go, but I'll make sure Pa repays you, said Zelly. Don't you worry about that, said Gordius gruffly. It's our pleasure to help. Now stay hidden until we come back and then we'll get on board ship. Soon after the brothers had left with the horses, a group of ragged sailors appeared. Look, called one of them, turning his bleary eyes towards Zelly and Hector's hiding place. An abandoned car, what say you? And he turned to his scruffy-looking companions, an unpleasant grin on his face. Zelly and Hector froze. Move down inside the cart as much as you can, mouthed Zelly as quietly as she could. They both shuffled silently so that they were lying as low down the cart as possible. Come on, boys, let's take the plunder, a different voice crowed. Zelly and Hector were sick with fear. If these sailors did steal the cart, they would be sure to be discovered. There was nothing they could do but stay stock still and hope for a distraction. Zelly ground her teeth with fury. She hated pirates. A dirty hand was now pulling aside the palm fronds above them, cackling with glee. <laughs> Zelly and Hector shrank down as far as they could as they watched the hand move nearer and nearer to them. It was about to brush Hector's head when there was a shout. Oi, what do you think you're doing? Danilo and Gordius had returned in the nick of time. That's our cart, you mangy thieves, Gordius roared. Get out of it. Shouldn't have left it lying around then, should you? Retorted the mangy-looking pirate. I said get out of it, roared Gordius again, moving towards the pirate menacingly. All right, keep your hair on, the pirate replied, throwing down the palm fronds. Zelly and Hector breathed a sigh of relief as he moved away. Come on, boys, another drink. And they staggered off to find another pub. As soon as they were out of sight, Danilo grabbed the handles of the cart and pushed it away. Once there were a few streets separating them from the pirates, he let Zelly and Hector out. They stretched their aching limbs, relieved to be standing up after so many hours cooped up in the cart. Right, we're almost at the docks, said Danilo. Miss Zelly, it'd be better if you and Hector were visible again. You can't remain hidden once we're nearer the ship as we have to pay for passage. Roger that, Zelly replied, and she closed her eyes in concentration. Slowly, starting with the edges, she and Hector reappeared, along with Anna the parrot, who zoomed happily round everybody's heads. Wrap your cloaks around yourselves and look down to hide your eyes, said Gordius. We want to attract as little attention as possible. 
they boarded the ship without incident, handing over the gold. Once aboard, they stood on deck whilst preparations were made to make way. This ship's not very well looked after, said Hector in disgust. It needs painting and the decks need a good scrubbing. Captain Jet would never let the golden ram look like this. It's not exactly ship shape, is it? Joked Zelly. All the same, I'm glad to be aboard. Me too, agreed Hector with a grin. The sailors cast off and the wind filled the sails, carrying the old ship out to sea. Look on the quay, cried Danilo, gesturing back towards the docks they had just left. They could all see a party of horsemen had just arrived on the dock. They were gesticulating wildly in the direction of the ship. I feel sure they're after us, said Gordius, frowning. They are, gasped Zelly, looking stricken. One of them is the Countess Rosina. I can sense her aura. Anna gave a worried cheep and snuggled into Zelly's neck to comfort her. Don't worry, said Danilo reassuringly. We've a good start on them. It will take time to make a ship ready to sail if they're trying to follow us. Zelly nodded, but she still looked worried. How long is the voyage to Frenchtown? she asked. We'll be there tomorrow, said Danilo. Don't worry, Zelly, said Hector, giving her a hug. We've stayed one step ahead of them so far. Zelly managed a weak smile, but she still felt worried. This was the longest time she'd ever been away from Zav, and she missed her twin so much it gave her an ache. She'd been so brave since being kidnapped, but right now she felt exhausted. And the Countess Rosina scared her more than she could put into words. Her aura was pure evil. And Zelie also knew that the Countess hated her so violently that she would never stop until she had Zelie in her clutches. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Chapter 8, The Golden Ram to the Rescue. If you're loving the podcast, why not leave us a review or even donate to help us keep making new episodes. See you next time.